Arts, Lifestyle, SNS Online. Hello and welcome to SNS Online. Today's guest is as iconic as they come. A rock and roll legend who was doing it for girl power before the Spice Girls were twinkles in their parents' eyes. Born into a musical family in Detroit, this American singer, songwriter, musician left her native shores to explore a musical career in the UK, getting signed up along the way by legendary record mogul Mickey Most and going on to sell over 50 million records worldwide. She's been voted the best female singer in the Bravo Otto Awards no less than six times, selected as one of the 12 queens of British pop by the BBC, inducted into the Michigan Rock and Roll Legends Hall of Fame and received an honorary doctorate in music from Anglia Ruskin University in Cambridge in 2016. She's also an actress and a radio presenter, and with her 15th solo studio album, The Devil in Me, just about to be released, a lavish new documentary produced all about her life for Netflix, and rumours of a forthcoming Miley Cyrus-led biopic, our guest is as a part of the zeitgeist as she ever was. Let's take a listen to some of her work. to the rock and roll legend that is Susie Quattro. 
So, Susie Quattro, it's such an honour to have you on the show. A mega successful rock icon up there with the very best of them. Uh, when you were inspired by Elvis on that telly all those years ago, did you have any idea quite how successful you would be and that you'd still be rocking it large in 2020? Um, well, I found what I wanted to do very young. Elvis bit me at five and a half and 14 we started the band and from the very first gig to be quite honest the first gig we did I was home I was home so I didn't get in it for a minute I got in it for a lifetime and I knew I'd found my path and I stuck to it so it's now 56 years later still still on the road still slinging my bass on the stage and still <laughs> doing what I do and still loving it that's the most important thing You come from, it's got to be said, an incredibly talented family of quattros from Detroit. Take us back to those early days. What was life like growing up? And presumably a house full of music. Yeah, it was. It was uh, quite something. There's five kids. Um, my father plays several instruments. In fact, we all play minimum two instruments. It's not a big deal in my family to play more than one instrument. My mother, my mother had a lot of singers on her side. Um, we had in the house three pianos on all three floors. We had yeah. two different accordions. We had a bass guitar. We had an electric mandolin. We had guitars. We had flutes. We had my one sister played harp. We had drums. I mean, anything you wanted to learn you could learn. So I first started on bongo drums when I was seven. Cool. My dad, my dad got me a beautiful pair for Christmas that I begged him for, and I got good on it real quick. And then I went to a classical piano, and I took that for quite a few years. I still play very good, um, as you hear, you know, as as you uh, well, people have heard me. I play on stage, um, and I then went to percussion in the school orchestra. And so I, I read and write properly uh, percussion and piano. Yeah. Read, write, and play properly. And then I taught myself bass guitar at 14. And it was, it was a light bulb moment when I picked it up. This is me. This is who I am. And uh, I've played that ever since. But on stage, I do do songs on piano and the drums when I do my long two-hour show. That's amazing. I mean, so you've really got good, solid musical background. It's not just, you yes. know, you picked up the guitar and had a go sort of thing. No, the most important thing is I'm not a failed guitar player. A lot of bass players are. I, I started on the bass. I didn't go from guitar to bass. I started on bass. And I don't like picks, you know. I play this way. I play properly. So there are a lot of bass players who started on guitar, couldn't get along with it, and went to bass instead. That's not me. That's interesting. You've got an older sister, Patty, who and she formed a, a female garage rock band, I think, called The Pleasure Seekers. You were a big part of that. The band we have tonight has only been in the area since the Seattle Teen Spectacular, but they're so big that they're just about the hottest thing around right now. They have an advantage over other groups because they not only play so well, but they look so fine. The Pleasure Seekers. that was my first band i was 14 she was 16 i think 16 and a half and we had two girls who were sisters they were in it and another girl whose dad was uh, in my dad's band funny enough so yeah that was our first band and i was in the pleasure seekers from 
1964 up until 1969. I was the main front person mm. um, always. And then in 69, we changed the band name to Cradle. And uh, we brought my little sister in because we wanted to change, started to write our own stuff and be a bit heavier because it was like the hippie era and all that. And uh, I took a slightly back seat at that point because she was coming in and we wanted to train her up as a front person. So I kind of went backwards a little bit, but that's the band that um, with me standing at the back and only doing two songs, I got two different offers in one week to go solo. So that's brilliant. That's yeah. You, you can draw your own conclusions on that one. <laughs> Eventually you went to Mickey Most, the legendary rock producer who took you onto his, his wing in the early 70s. That must have been quite a defining moment for you. Well. One of many. <laughs> yeah. I had, um, I wasn't that happy in Cradle, the second wave of the Pleasure Seekers. It, and I've talked with my sisters about this many times. Just wasn't my kind of music. I liked, I preferred being the up the front, you know, the, the, um, the person, uh, uh, the, the, the main entertainer up there i didn't like standing in the back but what it did give me in cradle for that 18 months that i was in the band was it gave me a chance to get really good on my bass guitar because i could really concentrate but um it wasn't really my band so i and i didn't really care even even all those years and i've talked to my sisters about this too patty cared about it being all girls big thing with her and i didn't actually care. As long as I could play, I was fine. I didn't mind if it was girls, guys, monkeys, whatever. I didn't care. Patty cared. So um, when when the two offers came in the one week, I was going to go. The one guy from Electra, uh, uh, um, he came and saw the band and he offered me a solo contract. Mickey came the same week, Mickey Most, from England. And he uh, was going to record Jeff Beck at Motown. And my brother found out he was in town got him to see the group and I got up and did my two songs for the night, you know, mm. and Mickey offered me a contract. Now the Electra guy wanted to take me to New York and turn me into the next Janis Joplin. Yeah. Mickey wanted to take me to England and turn me into the first Susie Quattro. Brilliant. Which is why I came to England. I thought, okay, you see me. Yeah. You see me as somebody unique. I didn't want to be the next anybody, you know, and I'm, I'm not like Janice anyway. I don't I do not do that kind of singing, you know. I do what I do. And Mickey Mickey saw that. So I came to England then in 1971. I think that's a, the, the obvious choice, isn't it? You don't want to be sort oh, of yeah. uh, hiding under somebody else's shadow. Your first success was a track called Rolling Stone, uh, which you had your very first number one in Portugal. That must have been quite exciting, your very first one. It was, but it only went to number one in Portugal. Yeah. <laughs> Um, everywhere else it was like a turntable hit and I wrote the lyrics of that with uh, Errol Brown which was quite good bless him he was a nice man nice man age of 16 I was on the Never could 
sort of separate your on-stage persona with your private persona? I mean, did you ever feel in danger of that line between the two blurring? Because the two are very different. <laughs> no, because mm. I purposely have two separate things. I have the professional side, the public side goes on stage, huge part of me. And I, I certainly don't take that off the stage. There's no need to. Um, years ago, when I first got famous, for want of a better word, mm. and you start to get recognized everywhere, you know, and it can be a pain in the ass sometimes, but I decided I could be one of two things. I could either put on a baseball hat and put my hair in a ponytail and wear dark glasses, or I could go around and just be me. Mm. So I chose to just be me. I treat it very much feet on the ground. And what I have in my home is an ego room. <laughs> and there's a big, it's, 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 I love telling the story because it's, it's absolutely true. You have to go up two flights of stairs. Mm -hmm. Then you get to the third floor and the walls are crooked. It's an old 15th century mansion, a manor house. I mean, walls are crooked. Ceiling is all you can bang your head. And you finally get to this very heavy wooden door. And I had a little plaque made and the plaque says, Ego room, mind your head. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And you go in, and the first thing you see is the big red, this is your life book, which is really something because it is my life in that room. Big room. Wow. Um, full of pictures in every space, posters, backstage passes, there's bass guitars down this end, there's a rack full of old suits, there's scrapbooks, there's videos, there's CDs, there's absolutely everything and you can go up there and be up there for days and not come down people go up that they get lost because it doesn't just it's not just that that it's about me i think it turns on memories for people you know oh absolutely so, yeah so I, I and it's it's actually the the most peaceful room in the house is the ego room isn't that funny i don't know why that is but there you go <laughs> i love it about your songwriting production team of Nikki Chin and um, uh, Mike Chapman they sort of they helped for you to find the onstage Susie yeah? well what happened was it's funny how it came together um, Mickey had been recording me and he just couldn't Mickey would be the first to say he did not know how to record me he wasn't sure what I was he knew what I wasn't he had kept saying you're a star, but he didn't know what I was. I knew I was a rocker. Mickey just wasn't sure of any of it. He changed every five minutes. We had some great musicians, you know, but nothing was really gelling. And finally, I said to Mickey, I'm going nuts here. I've always been in bands. I need a band. I can't survive like this. So he said, OK, I put um, an ad in Melody Maker, got my band together mm. and, uh, and and we were doing all my own compositions. That's what's important. All original songs, which is how Mickey signed me. Singer, songwriter, musician. That's what he signed me as. And um, Mickey asked his friend, Chaz Chandler, who was managing Slade, to put me on the first National Slade tour as the opening act. Me, had 20 minutes, 
Thin Lizzy Slade. So by the end of this tour, the band was together. You know, mm. we had our sound. Everything was kind of popping. And it was just coincidence that right at this time, Mickey had just signed Shannon Chapman. Yeah. And he said to, to them, she's a star. She writes great songs. Susie, would you mind if they listen to what you've done, come and see the show, and try to write a hit single crafted on what you're doing? And I thought, no, God, are you kidding? They're great writers. So it was all crafted all together. And they never gave me a song that wasn't written for me. Mm. And it was written for my personality. And I did all the albums, most of the albums, and I've had some of my own sides of singles, too. I mean, certainly now I write everything now. Everything. Yeah. Um but back then, that was the arrangement we had, and it took the pressure off me to try, try to write a single, and I could just write, which I quite liked at that time, as I was finding myself, you know? Mm -hmm. And then you go more, 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 and you just start to develop your style, and my style is firmly developed now. encouraged to hit high notes weren't you that really helped to flesh out that sort of utterly unique quattro sound i mean the nearest i can compare it, it with is is rod stewart oh it's quite different though would you agree with that um how do you compare that um, <laughs> i don't know it's just very unique a unique oh, well, sound that you'd like that is, is definitely Susie. that okay. is definitely rod yeah I, I i can say that too um it doesn't matter what i'm doing i always sound like me yeah yeah, I do. <laughs> whatever that is, whatever it is, you know. I mean, even on the new single, when it first starts, you might you might not be sure it's me. But by the time I start singing, yeah. even though I'm singing different, there's a tone in my voice that's, I mean, I call people on the phone sometimes. And strangers. And they'll say, you know, you sound like Susie Quattro. It's crazy. <laughs> so I've got a very distinctive uh, sound to my voice, I guess. I mean, about your Christmas single, I mean, I love the rocking stuff so much, but a slow track with your incredibly powerful vocals, I just find it's such a potent combo. Oh, my God. Well, I tell you what, <laughs> it, it's... Um, I, 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 my roots have emerged on this song. It's very Detroit. I'm even playing very much a Jamerson bass line, you know, and the, the backing vocals are a little bit tinged with the Motown feel, and uh, it happened... Now that now that we're talking about it, I'll tell you how it happened because it was crazy. Um, I had the last album out with my son, No Control, very very successful. Everybody loved it. The critics went nuts on it. First time we worked together. Um, big year for me last year. I did um, 85 shows. My documentary Susie Q came out. Yeah. Everything was happening for me. Huge. Just a great year. The, the the record company took up the option for the next album. Richard should have been on the road, my son. I should have been on the road. 
this year. I had 95 shows booked and he was only going to be home 11 days. We didn't know how we were going to or when we were going to write this up. Then lockdown happened. So I said to Richard, okay, let's, this is the silver lining, right? We now have time to write the album. We have the studio out there. You go out there. I'll be on the patio. And when we're ready, masks on, we go in and we just work on what we've got. So he was working. I was working, sitting on the patio. And um, he had left the studio door open. And I heard this marvelous, magical track coming out. Mm -hmm. And this doesn't always happen. And I just was like hypnotized by it. And I purposely, as, a, as an artist and as a writer, I purposely cut my brain off. I, I stopped myself thinking. So I let it all go here in my heart. Didn't think. Just I walked out there with the mask on, walked out there, and I said, Richard, I remember doing it. Put, give me the headphones. He was looking at me like I was crazy. Put the microphone on. Play that track. And he played it. And I sang the first four lines mm. of the song exactly as they are on the record. I didn't know what I was even going to sing about. I, like I said, I didn't engage my brain but i was separated from my husband for three months because he lives in hamburg and i live here and um i think that track somehow triggered that emotion in me because that's the words that flew out of my mouth and then the song was born you know then it was born my, my son said to me oh my god mom this is about reiner i said i know wow and then it was easy then it, then it all came flying but I, i'm glad i didn't think yeah. And that that's what everybody's loving about it. You can feel the emotion of it. I think it's the perfect time to uh, play your track, My Heart and Soul. I love it. Thanks. <laughs> Ooh, need you home for Christmas. Yeah, yeah.
Heart and Soul by Susie Quattro. You're listening to SNS Online. I was just going to ask you, do you think that you were the embodiment of like quote unquote girl power way before it was seen as a thing? I mean, very ahead of its of the curve. I mean, you were almost like, I mean, you could, because you were so totally authentic, you were just getting on with it. It was way ahead of traditional women's lib in a way. Well, I get asked this a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's only in, it's only since making my documentary, okay, and watching it with an audience that I realize, you know, I, 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 all these girls talking about me, I've been going, well, I didn't know what I was doing. I can't pretend I did. I was simply being uncompromising to changing anything about myself, and I'm still the same now. So they say I kicked down the door. I was the first female musician doing rock and roll, the first ever to have success. And um, I kicked down the door because I didn't see the door. (laughs) And that's the truth. I don't really do gender. I don't do gender now. I don't know if it was so much girl power or more me power. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. being who you are because what else you got but who you are nothing this is it yeah I think it's just just such a healthy and very modern approach, really. I mean, we're talking about transgender rights now and all the rest of it. And we're having these quite complex conversations about being kind to each other. And I think, you know, your attitude really has an important part in that. Yeah, I think I was way ahead of my time. But I was when I was watching the documentary with an audience. That's when it really comes on. Yeah. uh, you know, you get humbled, you, I'm tearful during it, you know, and there's a lot of awkward moments and I left everything awkward. And as long as it was true, I said, I don't care if I'm cringing, if it's important, it's in there. And I was doing an, a, a, a Zoom with my friend Cherie from The Runaways and Kathy Valentine from the, um, from the Go-Go's and they were both in the documentary and they were both crying. And I just went, you know, and I called Cherie the next day and I said, I just realized something. And she said, what? And I said that me doing what I did, I gave all these women who didn't know where they belonged permission to be different. She yeah. said, you just, she said, you just got that. I said, yeah, I did. I didn't know. <laughs> you know, and that, that was very humbling for me. And I will take that to my grave. Sad 
Susie Cat's size there. And there's plenty more to come. She's done a lot of good stuff. Scratch and sniff. Online! With Nick Randall. Who was the first and broke the ice and kicked the door for us gals? I've never seen a woman with an instrument in a band. At that time, rock was a male-orientated business. She has transcended her gender. She is now just considered an icon. A lot of girls that tried to be Susie Quattro, but when it's in the DNA, you can't fake that. Let's just flag up this documentary, which I've been watching today, actually, on Netflix. It is fantastic. It's, it's, it's made with so much love. Um, it's called Susie Q, yeah, and um, it's, it's available now, so everybody should watch it after you've listened to this show, of course. Um, Let's go back a bit. Let's hear your uh, first hit single, first UK hit in 1973. Now, I remember watching you on Top of the Pops uh, doing this. I was totally spellbound. This is Can the Can.
Australia in particular was very sort of Susie tastic. I mean, do you think there's any particular reason, or were you, was it just that you were there a lot, touring a lot? I, everybody asked me that too. I just don't know. There's been a love affair between Australia and me since I first went out there. I always say it's a love affair. Let's never get married. Um, hmm. I've been there 37 times more than any other international artist. They get me. I get them. Something connects there. I don't know why. I was like that in Japan. So I was huge, huge in Japan. Mm. Uh, I don't know what it is. I think there are no-nonsense kind of people in Australia. Yeah, you know? absolutely. No, I to totally yeah. know what you mean. No-nonsense girl. I mean, <laughs> what you see is what you get. I think they like that about me. Mm. What was that story about you had to do a fake wedding in Japan because the Japanese audience sort of loved you so much for the idea that you could have done it anywhere else? Is, is that sort of a rumour or did that actually happen? No, it happened. It happened. Um, <laughs> that was, the promoter was really uh, worried that I was going to lose fans because I got married, you know. So he said, could you do a fake, make a part of the Japanese thing, you know, and involve everybody, which we did. And... Uh, I had I had full makeup on, you know that white stuff and the wig and the and I have the wedding gown up in my eagle room. Wow, <laughs> it was quite something. And poor my poor ex, he had to wear those funny those shoes that didn't fit him. And bless <laughs> I, I think maybe he wasn't so happy he married me after that. about this this um your image and this being totally authentic i mean apparently at the time some people some idiot muppet critics seemed to think it was some sort of manufactured thing uh, but, but you know clearly you were riding the glam I rock can't, i can't even put that through my brain for a yeah um because really you know I, it's 56 years now manufacturing something does not last like this and who could no. have manufactured that anyway <laughs> who could have ever thought of that? The big bass guitar and the how I move and the who could who could ever manufacture it? You can't. Mm. And that's I think why I'm still around because whatever I did, I did naturally. I, I didn't try to be a girl showing you what I can do. I didn't try to be sexy. It was just about me being me, and that's why I'm still here. Yeah. Let's have another track. Devil Gate Drive. I love this so much. Hey! Dive. One, two, one, two, three. Hey. 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 H
once called up by by Elvis or Elvis's people to join him in Graceland, and you said no. So take me through that that thought process. Yeah. I mean, wasn't he your ultimate inspiration? I'm all shook up. Absolutely, <laughs> five and a half onwards. Um, my all shook up had just come out in America. We were on tour, and I was in Memphis, and the phone rang, and it was his people. And then they put him on the line. I thought I would die. And he actually just said to me, uh, hello, this is Elvis. He said, um, I just heard your version of All Shook Up on the radio, and I think it's the best since my own. Oh. And, and would you like to come to Graceland And while you're in town? I was not ready. Not scared, not ready. Okay. So I said, I can't right now. I'm very busy. Mm. But I, I wasn't supposed to meet him because um, – you can Google it. There's a, a cult hit that I wrote called Singing with Angels. It's all about him. And if I'd met him, that song wouldn't exist. And Elvis impersonators recorded. It's played at funerals. It's called Singing with Angels. And I recorded it in Nashville at his studio with James Burton on guitar and the Jordanaires. So if I'd met Elvis, that song wouldn't be there. And that song had to be there. I heard your voice late last night. I heard you say, are you lonesome tonight? I saw you crying in the chapel light Love me tender and treat me nice Lonely boy got the GI blues That's alright, mama's watching over you Wise men say, if you don't be cruel You'll get to heaven wearing blue suede shoes Singing with angels, singing with angels, saving God's promised land. Singing with angels, walking hand in hand, hand in hand. Singing with angels, singing with angels, part of God's master plan. There's so many angels walking hand in hand. What a beautiful band. And he died. There's like 11 Elvis epiphanies. I won't talk you through them all, but this one is important. Mm. I flew from Japan to L.A. to do the audition for the part for Happy Days. Sunday, Monday, Happy Days. Happy Days, wow. What are you doing in town? Well, we're looking for a job. I mean, when I was at school, I got together with a couple of friends of mine and we formed a band. Leather and the Swades. Leather and the Swades. Very catchy. Three seasons and... Brilliant. They, they, I, mean, I met everybody, you know, met the director, met the producer, and they said, okay, now we need to discuss you, so can you go back to your hotel and we'll call you? I said, fine. So I got in the hotel room, switched on the TV, waiting by the phone, sitting on top of the phone, actually waiting for it to ring. And the phone rang and they said, okay, we don't want you just for the two-week episode. We want you for three seasons. I went, wow. And as I'm getting this news on the phone, on the TV comes news flash. The king has died. Oh, wow. And to round it off, yeah. that was August. When I got back in October to film my first episode, the clothes people came up, wardrobe, and they said, we'd like to introduce you to Nudie. He's making your clothes for the show. And that was Elvis's personal tailor. You wow, can't write. Oh, that's just amazing. You can't write this stuff. No. This is what I mean. 
you know, so I guess I wasn't supposed to meet him. I think everything happened as it should. Yeah, but it's a beautiful story. And there obviously was a connection there. You, you, He okay. called you, for goodness sake. Yeah. Apparently his girlfriend, Linda Thomas, told me that there used to be a English disco in L.A. called Rodney Bingenheimer's English Disco. And there was a VIP room at the top. And Elvis would go up there with his girlfriend and listen to music by me and look at the poster on the wall. And I don't think it was anything fancy in me. I think he found me interesting. That's so, so cool. I'm all shook up. If you think I'm wrong, if you think I'm right, gotta play it strong, gotta put up a fight. Keep it close at hand till you understand. You can't take the biggest part, it's not in my plan. about your your acting just briefly you've done a, quite a lot of it i was going through um your stuff midsummer murders minder dempsey and makepeace ab fab which i just loved uh because uh that i think uh, there was some strange dream sequence and safi was They're played fun. by both you and helena um bottom carter as i call her <laughs> and i asked i asked jennifer if i could play with the script a bit and she said you do whatever you like so i just had fun oh. and she found me you know it was great the doctors tried to stop me, but I said, you give that chick anything she needs. I'm from Detroit and I don't mess around. Now what do you need? Sex, drugs, rock and roll? Rock and roll? <laughs> so make a stand for your man, honey. I love it. And then um, in Dempsey and May Peace and Midsummer Murders, they killed me in both of those. No! Yeah. I got electrocuted in Midsummer Murders. Oh! And in Dempsey and May Peace, I fell from a building to my death. So. <laughs> you know, I don't know what they're trying to tell me, but. <laughs> I, bet, I bet you still look beautiful as you, as you landed. <laughs> <laughs> So Happy Days, just to sort of make a, a quick point, you were actually offered a, a spin-off, um, which you turned down. Yes, because I didn't want to be typecast for the rest of my days. I was already sure. Susan Quattro, you know what I mean? Yeah, Dressed yeah. Dressed up and blah, blah, blah. And I wanted to do other kinds of acting, which I indeed have done. So three seasons on that show as Leather Tuscadero, that was enough. Yeah. I'd cemented myself, you know? Yeah. These happy days are your There are so many solo artists and bands influenced by you. Uh, Tina Weymouth from Talking Heads, Chrissy Hine, Kathy Valentine, The Runaways, Joan Jett. I mean, that's quite a legacy, Susie. I know. <laughs> when, and, I, and when I saw it all on the, on the documentary, everybody was just going, what? Yeah. It's so strange to see that. It was Debbie, you know. Debbie was the one that really cracked me up. I even emailed her because we're friends. And she at one point said... Uh, 
Oh, and Susie Quattro is so beautiful. And I want, you know what I wanted to say to her, don't you? I wanted my voice to come over. I can't say it on the ear, but I wanted to say, <laughs> I wanted my voice to come over on that and come in my, my director wouldn't let me do it. But um, it was very sweet of her to say, but I cannot take seriously Debbie Harry telling me I'm beautiful. Oh. I cannot hear that. Well, <laughs> you know, she was the, one of the iconic beauties, you know, iconic and a lovely girl too. Lovely girl. Uh, your most recent album, No Control, uh, debuted in 2019. Now, I've just got to play this track because I love it so much. Heart on the Line. It's just beautiful. I love it. It's one of my favourites. Oh, that's great. You don't know What you put me through It's been hell Trying to talk to you Lies are weak So it's truth I'll speak Under your spell
apparently there's talk of Miley Cyrus possibly playing you in the biopic. Now that is fantastic. And very, must be quite weird. There is a few people that have been mentioned. She's one of them. Billie Eilish has been mentioned. Um, oh God, uh, I myself kind of fancy Scarlett Johansson, but I don't know if she's young enough now. You know, she might be a little bit, a little bit too old to play me young, but yeah. uh, I like her. I've told the people that I have, when I meet the person, I will know if they're the right person because you can't act whatever this is. There's a vibe here, and I, and I'm not. It's not not an ego thing. I'm just saying yeah. there's a certain thing I have that I have to recognize in the other person, which is why I fancied Scarlett Johansson. We were kindred souls, I think. But are you prepared to be watching an actor be you in a in a film about your life? I just think it's 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 weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's totally crazy. Have you got any advice, any advice you would give both to your younger self and also to any younger performers inspired by your story? Well, if you want to get into the business, if you want to, first of all, you got to have talent. Be honest with yourself and you know, people know if they have talent, okay? You know it inside. Um, if you're going to learn an instrument, learn it. Learn it. Don't play at it. Play it. And be professional yeah. and do every gig God sends. That's what I did. That's how you learn your craft. I always say it when you can entertain the drunk at the bar that doesn't want to see you, you've learned. <laughs> That's a lovely way to end this, Susie. Thank you so much. Uh, you, you're recovering from COVID as well, I hear. Yes, you, I'm fine now. I got it November the 8th. Um, I was ill for about eight days. I just was tested five days ago, negative. Um, I didn't get it too bad. All it mainly did to me was I couldn't get out of bed. I was just like, oh, like that. I mean, I know a lot of people who have had it now, actually. Before I knew nobody, now now I'm hearing, oh, they've got it. They, you know, you hear it all the time now. Well, listen, here's to a very successful 2000 and uh, what are we are now, 2021. And I'm going to be seeing you in the Albert Hall in 22. So I'm very much looking forward to that. And also we give our guests a celebrity goodie bag. So we'll we'll get details from either uh, the, the people or yourself and send something Thank gorgeous you. on to you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm no hero. Marks on my soul. I made mistakes. Been down that black hole Ow! Mama always told me If you go astray Listen to your heartbeat It will pave the way Well, the angels Got that devil in me Will they shine?
snsonlineshow.com, your brand new one-stop shop for all things SNS. Take a tour through our wide and diverse collection of shows and listen in to our exclusive range of in-depth interviews spanning the popular arts, featuring actors, writers, journalists, stand-up comedians, musicians and more. You can also enjoy our shorter bite-sized series covering vibrant new theatre, television and book releases. And with our Arts Lifestyle Remit, you get to explore issue-based topics including health, mental health, women's rights around the world and LGBTQ. Contact us with both your comments and suggestions for future guests. And don't forget to read up on our blog, regularly updated with articles and photographs. A forum where everyone is welcome to contribute. snsonlineshow.com, your one-stop shop for all things SNS. SNS.